0: The scripture reading today is from Ruth chapter 1 verses 14 through 18. Then they wept aloud again. Orpah kissed her mother-in-law but Ruth clung to her. So she said, see your sister-in-law has gone back to her people and to her gods. Return after your sister-in-law. But Ruth said, do not press me to leave you or to turn back from following you. Where you go, I will go. Where you lodge, I will lodge. Your people shall be my people and your God, my God. Where you die, I will die. There will I be buried. May the Lord do thus and so to me and more as well if even death parts me from you. When Naomi saw that she was determined to go with her, she said no more to her. The word of the Lord. Take a moment
1: now for silent reflection. Good morning, City Church. It is wonderful to be with you. While I wish I could be with you in person, I am so grateful that um, God has given us opportunities opportunity and ingenuity in this season of pandemic uh, to think differently about how we bring together community and how we worship with one another across time and space and place. So I ask that you would join me in prayer in this moment. Eternal and gracious God, it is again that we come together to worship you to be reminded of all of the ways that you show up for us, to think about all of the ways that your grace and your mercy are made manifest. And so as we stand in this moment, I pray that I would decrease and you would increase and that you would bring forth a word to your people, one that convicts, one that encourages, one that strengthens, one that energizes so that we might all draw closer to you and to one another. It is in Jesus name we pray, amen. So City Church, I won't won't be in front of you long, but in the few moments that I have to preach today, I wanna talk to you from the book of Ruth, the first chapter, the 14th through the 18th verses. And it reads as such. Then they lifted up their voices and they wept again. And Orpah kissed her mother-in-law goodbye, but Ruth clung to her. And Naomi said, look, your sister-in-law has gone back to her people and to her gods. Return after your sister-in-law. But Ruth said, entreat me not to leave you or to turn back from following after you for wherever you go, I will go and wherever you lodge, I will lodge. Your people shall be my people, and your God, my God. Where you die, I will die, and there I will be buried. The Lord do so to me, and more also, if anything but death parts you and me. And when Naomi saw that Ruth was determined to go with her, she stopped speaking to her. Beloved, this is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. I wonder if any of you know what it feels like to be standing at a crossroads. How many of you know what it means to be faced with a decision that will not only impact your situation, but your station in life? I believe that there are some people who will never know what this feels like, but for some of us, uh, we know what it means to be standing in a pivotal moment in our lives, at a moment where we are faced with the decision to keep moving forward or to turn back. From the outside looking in, the decision seems simple, but when you are in that moment, it's complicated, it's messy, it's confusing, and it's downright stressful. And it's at this moment that we encounter this text. It's at this moment that we find three women, Naomi, Orpa, and Ruth. Naomi, a woman of Bethlehem who left her town and her people for the the country of Moab years earlier with her husbands and her two sons to escape famine. Now, more than 10 years later, she's returning to Bethlehem, a widow with her two Moabite daughters-in-law, Orpah and Ruth, who have also been widowed. Thus, we encounter, thus, as we encounter this text, we find Orpa and Ruth in the middle of the desert on their way to a place that they know nothing about, to live with people that they did not know to exist in a culture that they are not familiar with. And it's at this moment that their mother-in-law looks at them and says, go back, each of you, to your mother's house. She tells them it's all right for them to return to their people, their culture, their family. She gives them a rhetorical okay to return to what's familiar. And we might complicate this situation by understanding that there's some self-interest for Naomi in returning these daughters-in-law to the people of Moab, because Naomi knows that she's left her people in a time of Stress. she left her people when they're lacking and she's coming back in need of something. And the last thing that she wants to do, coming back is to have two Moabite women with her. But regardless of her motive, uh, Orpah takes the out. She decides to follow Naomi's heeding and she goes home and we cannot blame her. But faced with the same decision, Ruth makes a different choice. Um, We might say of Ruth that she realizes something that the contemporary psalmist, Larry Trotter and the sweet Holy Spirit choir would would have said. They would say that Ruth understood that what uh, to come might be better than what's been. maybe ruth understood the words of german theologian dietrich bonhoeffer who would have said that ruth knew that the essence knew that the essence of optimism is to take no account of the present but to know that it is a source of inspiration of vitality and hope where others have resigned it it, it enables a woman to hold her head high to claim the future for herself and not to abandon it. Maybe Ruth understood what New Testament scholars would have said um, that Jesus best encapsulates the mentality of Ruth when he said in the gospel of according to Luke, that no one having put his hand to the plow and looking back is fit for the kingdom of God. Whoever does not bear his or her cross and come after me cannot Be my disciple. But I have to admit that when I think about Ruth, I think that her mentality, her mindset can be best summed up by my ancestors, by my grandmama and granddaddy. And when you would ask them why they pressed their way, why they persevered when it seemed like everyone else had given up, why they kept moving forward even when they knew that not everyone was for them and as a matter of fact there were more people against them than who were for them and I would ask my grandparents why did you keep going and they said because I realized that I had come too far to turn back now and there are many of us who understand that there are situations in life where we're presented with people who don't always have our best interest at heart, presented with people who don't understand the challenges that we're facing, presented with people who operate so deeply in their brokenness that they cannot and will not protect us. And sometimes we have to make different decisions. Sometimes we understand that we need to run away. Sometimes we need to protect ourselves, but sometimes we know that we have come too far to turn back now. Ruth's story is one that can inspire each of us when we walk this particular journey of faith. Her story is one that should drive each of us as we prepare to go to different levels and into new spaces in our lives. Ruth illustrates for us the three basic tenets or principles in life. You see, the first thing that I like about Ruth is that she had a passion for the possibilities. Ruth could have and should have been afraid of what was ahead of her. She should have been worried about the situation that she was going to face. She could have been apprehensive about what it meant to go to Bethlehem, but her passion for the possibility outweighed her being paralyzed by her present situation. You see, too many of us are missing the blessings that God has in store for us because we're afraid to step into the unfamiliar. It's easier to sit in the things we know. It's it's much more comfortable to be around the people and the situations that have fostered us until this point in life. But the Bible says that faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. And the Bible shows us time and time again that the greatest rewards are reserved for those who step out on faith with no assurance of what's in store for them. Look at Noah in the ark and Peter walking on water. They all had to step out into the unknown to receive what God had for them. By all accounts, Naomi should have been the one with the better understanding of the power and the possibility of God as one of God's chosen people. But instead she was bitter and she was frustrated. She was angry, she was upset. She was apathetic about the situation that she found herself in and she could not see past herself. But Ruth was the one who was determined to press on, to pursue her destiny, to follow God no matter what. And I want to challenge each and every one of you today no matter what situation you find yourself, whether it's from a position of power and privilege or a position of uh, having someone have their foot on your neck, ignore you and underestimate you. I want you to re-imagine your past, your passion for the possibilities for how God is manifesting God's self in your life. Reposition yourself. So that you are not operating out of fear or apathy, out of fatigue, but you are understanding that we serve a God who is able to do exceedingly and abundantly above all that we could ask or think. All you have to do is step out into the unknown and imagine what God might do in your life. So, Ruth had a passion for the possibilities. The second thing I like about Ruth is that she had a posture for perseverance. Ruth is a Bethle uh, um, Ruth is a Moabite woman, a descendant of Lot and his daughters, the product of what the Bible might have called a pagan culture. She's in the midst of the Israelites, the chosen people, the descendants of Abraham, and when Boaz asked the foreman who she was, his reply was simply, she's a Moabitess. No name, no significance. You can hear him say it with disdain. Uh, That's that Moabitess. And what we have to realize is in the midst of the isolation and the persecution, Ruth could have easily made a decision to go back home. How many of you, have found yourself in situations where people didn't care to know your name, didn't care to know where you came from, didn't care to know what you had to offer to the situation. They simply label you something with disdain and contempt and they've decided that your history is one to be encountered with hatred, with disgust, with disregard. And so you find yourself in isolation and you find yourself encountering persecution and you easily want to give up and go home. And beloved, hear me when I say that I don't encourage any of us to root ourselves and make home in inhospitable situations, but sometimes This life will require us to do the things that Bruce had to do. She could have changed her mind. She could have retraced her steps. She could have gone back to the familiar. And yet this option never appears to be a possibility for her. I have to say that as a Black woman, I understand that when they put my ancestors in shackles and chains and left us to work in the fields, when they told my people that we couldn't go to college, that we couldn't work those jobs, when they told you that you weren't good enough, that you um, that you couldn't do it, they, when they told you to sit down, to give up or to be quiet, when they told you you couldn't love who you loved, they told you you didn't have what it took to have this job or that Job, you, you could have gone home, you could have given up, you could have said to hell with it. But it's important in those moments to remember that you have come too far to turn back now. People will always try to limit your potential because of where you come from, because of the way you look, because of who you love, because of how you live. And it's in those moments that you hold your head high. And you know that who, where you've come from has made you a person worthy to stand in any situation and you come too far to turn back. Now, you have a responsibility to yourself and to God to have a posture of perseverance even when people can't see the gift that you are to a community, to our society, to this world. So Ruth had a passion for the possibilities. She had a posture of perseverance, but the thing that I like most about Ruth is she didn't mind picking up the pieces. If you look at chapter two, verse two, you see that Ruth tells Naomi, let me go to the fields and pick up the leftover grain behind anyone in whose eyes I would find favor. You have to understand something about the culture, the social milieu of the time, that widows and orphans were allowed, but not guaranteed the right to pick up scraps in the fields after the workers had come through and taken the best of the harvest. And so Ruth has made a decision to spend her days working in the field to pick up scraps Ruth didn't mind picking up the pieces because she knew that God could use the pieces to provide provision. You see, when you're standing at a crossroads and you make a decision to follow the path that God has placed out before you, sometimes you can't be afraid to pick up pieces, to scavenge for scraps. Ruth knew that one woman's trash was another woman's treasure. She understood that sometimes you have to take what you can get until you can get what God has intended for you. You should never let anyone determine your value or your worth or what you are in. Entitled to, but sometimes you have to proclaim like the temptations that you ain't too proud to beg. Um, I wonder if there are anybody here who, who understands that if you can be faithful over a few things, that God will provide abundance, that the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. And so when you begin to walk with God in new and different ways, you learn how to take the things that other people have discarded, to pick up all the pieces of what God has put in front of you and to end up with an abundance that is above what most folks might imagine. You have to be willing to pick up the pieces, the pieces that are left behind and the pieces of your own life and learn to use them in ways that will contribute to your own abundance and your own flourishing in the world. But I have to tell you that what excites me most about this text in this story is that it doesn't end with Ruth. You see, the the thing that's important is found in Ruth chapter four. The text says, Boaz begot Obed and Obed, begot Jesse and Jesse, begot David. And we know that from the line of David was born the son of man. People will not always be on your side. You will not always get what you deserve, but you always have the possibility and the potential to fight for something different, something more in this world and know that God is on your side. I'm not sure that Naomi ever had Ruth's best intention at heart, not sure whether or not Boaz ever worked out of something other than self-interest. I don't concur with many people who believe that someday Ruth found home and place and people in Bethlehem, but what I do believe is that Ruth left a legacy for her people that lived long beyond her. And that two things can be true at the same time. And in this instance, it's that Ruth deserved more than what she got from the people around her, but also that God's providence was with her until the end. And she stands in a legacy of outsiders who were courageous and bold and transformative in this society. And so for each of you who might be struggling to find your place in the world, hear me say that God is with you. God's providence will protect you. Keep moving forward and for those who operate out of spaces of privilege and brokenness, I challenge you this day to see the world beyond yourself, even in moments of distress, to find the roots in your life and learn to love them differently, learn to love them better and learn to participate in their beloved community.